Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my buddy, my pal, uh, what's your name again? <laughs> Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Sam, That's welcome. Me. So Thank glad you. to hear we, we're uh, we're absent. Tom again. Tom's got a great. He's he's in an incredible uh, little conference. I I didn't know this existed. It's actually a workshop that he went to take, mm. and it's about liturgical abuses, and that's kind of cool. It's always good for us to know about proper worship or whatever. And today's focus on that workshop was liturgical moonwalking. And so this whole idea of why that's anathema. Yes. Can can the priest and ministers uh, in that mask, can they moonwalk much like Michael Jackson down the procession? So I would love to. I want to know. Inquiring minds want want to know uh, the answer to that question. I know all of our good listeners already know the answer to that question. And we don't need a conference or a workshop to figure that one out. But anyway, it sounds like an interesting thing. And we wish Tom well. And we we know he'll be back soon. Uh, Because he tells us that. He threatens that uh, (laughs) often. So uh, today we have an interesting show we're going to do. I uh, got a couple of readings here from the Sixth Sunday uh, in Ordinary Time. And I just wanted to read uh, through them, and then we'll just we'll talk about them uh, as we as we go along here. Um, but uh, I, I have to admit, there uh, it's interesting how you know the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, the Gospel specifically, the Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading on a Sunday are typically connected. Yeah, and sometimes I can see the connection is vivid, and sometimes it's not quite so vivid. Today's one of those not quite so vivid days. Until you kind of kind of dig into the two readings, you're like, yeah, they are connected. Oh, sure. Uh, in a profound way. So let's let's read this uh, first reading from the Old Testament is from uh, uh, Jeremiah, and it's in the seventeenth chapter, and it says this: "Thus says the Lord." Which, by the way, those are important words. Oh yeah. Thus, say, when when a prophet says, "Thus says the Lord," you're supposed to listen. Oh yeah, and it's totally different than when he says, "Therefore says the Lord." <laughs> it's thus. There's a reason for that. Thus, thus spake Zarathustra. You know, it's not therefore spake Zarathustra as we all want. That was like way over the head of some, some people. Are like, going like, he's an idiot. Why is he even talking about this? I don't know what he's talking about. So in Germany, though, say, "Yeah, yeah, loves that book." Uh huh. Very good. So, all right. So Jeremiah tells us thus says the Lord, cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. It leaves Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. And that's beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. So you hear that, and there's some obvious stuff we could talk about that, and we will talk about that. But I want to go ahead and just read uh, from the gospel, and it's according uh, to Luke, and it's chapter 6, starting at verse 17. Uh, and this is the Sermon on the Plain. And it's, uh, you know, uh, it's an important to note that uh, that Jesus got a lot of frequent flyer miles. So he's on the plane a lot. <laughs> and uh, here he is. Uh, and this is a P-L-A-I-N, by yes. the way. Not, not the P-L-A. And he, so people are going like, is, was he on an airplane? He wasn't. So the Sermon on the Plain is much like um, 
Matthew's Sermon on the Mount with uh, the uh, the Beatitudes, except it's on a plane with buffalo. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where the buffalo where they were roaming. They were roaming. Yes. No. So um, so here, uh, let's listen to this, and you can hear some similarities to the Old Testament to, to Jeremiah. You know, where it's like in there, it's like uh, in, in there, it's like cursed are these folks and blessed are these folks, and so we got some some woes and some curses in the in the uh, in the New Testament reading here from Luke, but. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all of Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, I'm going to stop there for a second. If Luke was still around today, not just his divinely inspired words, but if he was here today, his jo- he would be a screenwriter. Oh yeah. I mean, he 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 paints these pictures and makes you want to go like, what did he say? What did the Lord say? Oh yeah. Right. And and so Jesus, it says he he um, raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, "Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh." Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. Now, you can see where the, the church in her wisdom put these two readings together. Oh, sure. Right? You see the connection between like things that are like cursed and things that are blessed. Right? right? And, and we, we, we get that in that reading. Jesus kind of turns the tables just a little bit on that. Because what Jesus starts to do is like, these are like some little mini mic drop moments. Oh, sure. Right? And where... Um, he's saying things that like go against conventional wisdom, the, the 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 culture of the day. Everything he says, it's like, hey, you know what? You should be really happy that you're poor, right? You should be happy that people are treating you badly because of me, right. because of your belief in me, right? These these are counterintuitive. These are things that m- most people are going like, well, hold on a second, right? right. Well, I'm reminded of uh, Fiddler on the Roof, where he says. Oh dear Lord, Tevye says. I know it's no great, it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great blessing either. That's right. <laughs> That's a, a a great way to look at it uh, and realize that you know. And he's trying to make the best of his situation, right? Right. And he would take a blessing from the Lord if yes. the Lord was on a on a good day, and God decided He wanted to bless Tevye. It's probably a good thing. He's like, Lord, I'm just leaving that open. I'm not asking for that. Yes. But it's okay if you want to give you know give me an extra milking cow or whatever. I'd be happy with that, but but these are things that um, and you know and I said this was like in the culture of the day these would have been mic drop moments, but honestly when you read them, blessed are you who are poor for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping for you will laugh. I mean it's like it's not fun to be weeping. It's not fun to be poor. It's not fun to be hungry. It's 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 not fun right for these things to happen to you. And Jesus is trying to say, you're blessed in that way. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, those were mic drop moments back then. Those were, those were moments that were countercultural. Um, and honestly, they still are. Because right? everything he says here is going against the grain of the world. Yeah. Right? Where the world is saying, hey, you know what? 
you really deserve. I mean, there's like this latest Dr. Pepper commercial. Right. You know, with the little singing guy who's the most annoying little guy in the world. I don't even know who's little Stevie or little Freddie, whatever his name is. Little, little sweet. Sweet. Yes. sweet or sweet, something like that. Anyway, he's like singing and saying, you deserve a Dr. Pepper because... Ah, sweet Yes, one. that guy. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's like our mailbag song. But, but he, uh, he's like, hey, oh, you who have hung the crooked TV, you deserve a Dr. Pepper. You know? Right, right. And no matter what you do, you deserve a reward for that. Now, I'm not yeah. against Dr. Pepper. I like Dr. Pepper. And that's not what that's about, really. But but the, our culture says no matter what's going on, you know, you don't deserve to be in a bad place, in a bad situation. And so, it's, it, again, it goes to the heart of the church's teaching on redemptive suffering. Well, yeah. I mean, what we have in what you just described, we have a, a world right now where there's a lot of self-entitlement. Yeah. You know, and we have to basically unlearn that, so to speak. Uh, as Catholics, as we're trying to live that faith, we need to catch ourselves on the things that we feel like we're entitled to and the things that we're also giving our focus. You know, if we're giving our focus to, I, I, let's say, I'm going to judge the goodness of my situation by how much money I have, by how much I'm laughing, right. by how much people like me, woo, you're in a trouble spot, right? Yes, exactly. You know? Whereas if you're judging your situation based upon what God is calling you to do today and what you can do to be responsive to that call. And that's that's ultimately, and a lot of times, it's going to hurt when we are being responsive to the yeah. call of God. And, you know, don't you know that the people that were listening, I'm sure he had a, a nice cross-section of folk who were listening to this message, right? right? Standing there on the plane, this nice big flat area, uh, you know, and raising his up his eyes up to his disciples. And when he delivers this message, and he looks out, and there's probably some, there's probably some, some, some people out there who were kind of well to do. Oh sure, who who were hungering to some degree to a truth, or at least wanted to go like. Well, we're going to go out there and listen to this Jesus. He's got some good things to say. I don't know why they're all yacht, you know, owners or whatever. But there's probably some wealthy people who were not happy, especially with the last half of that message. Well, this is in the book of Luke, where we also have uh, our Blessed Mother's Magnificat, her canticle. And in that, she talks about, she uses similar language. Uh, let's see, where, where she talks about the uh, the poor uh, already, ha- you know, the, the, the rich already having their fill. That's uh, right. Yes. And right. Right. Exactly. And there, there's a truth to that. And I, you know what I love is actually when when you look at it, where it says, "But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation." So we read that, and and that's the translation that we read. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hear at mass. Uh, but honestly, I, this is where it's nice to study the the original languages because the Greek that that was translated from. And I know Jesus didn't speak Greek, but the the Greek that that was translated from, where it says, uh, woe to those who are filled now, I'm sorry, for woe to those who are rich, it says, for you have. That word have, it comes from a word that that translated does not mean just to possess. What it means is to be paid in full your Mm. debt. So in other words, uh, read it like this, but woe to you who are rich, for you have everything you're ever going to have. The debt is paid in full, and everything you have now is all you will ever have. Mm-hmm. You, you will not have blessing upon blessing in heaven because you've been blessed now, and that's all you're going to get because your heart, your soul, your mind was fixated on this world and the things that the world can offer, and the world can only offer so much. And when you receive it, that's it. Yeah. And you've heard that old expression, you can't take it with you, right? We know 
that all these people with the hundred million dollar yachts or whatever the yachts they they can't i mean when they die the yacht doesn't fit in their coffin well, and I think also what Jesus is doing is he's speaking into the restlessness that he knows is there, right? So a lot of times we respond to that restlessness. We're the, our culture tries to wire us to respond to the restlessness in our heart by seeking more from the world. Because the, the world wants us to see the world as sort of the... Uh, what, you know, the, our source and summit, so yes, to speak. Yes, amen. Right? Yeah. And, and so as a result, um, you know, I think what Jesus, we know, the reason that restlessness is there, this, you know, what harkens back is uh, to the Augustine quote, my heart, you know, my heart is restless until it rests in you. Jesus knows that the people who are listening to that in the audience aren't, they, they might say that they have had their fill. They may make it seem like that to others. Yeah. That might be the image that they carry. They may look down upon others and treat others as less and treat them, hold themselves out to be blessed because of what they have. But Christ knows that in their heart, there is a restlessness that the, that the food cannot fill, that, you know, the riches that they have, that the, the stuff of the world it's a, it's a God-sized hole. It's not something that can be filled by anything except God. And the idea that you mentioned, you mentioned that restlessness, and I know that we this is only a 30-minute program we don't have. If we had an hour, I would tell my conversion story, my witness talk. And in that, I talk about the very fact that as I was getting a little bit uh, older and wiser in my life, uh, it was in my 30s when it happened to me, but essentially I started realizing that I had a hole in my heart. I really didn't. I use that expression. I say a hole in my heart. And I, and I tell people that everything I tried to stuff in there to fill that hole didn't work. In fact, it was odd because the hole kept getting bigger. Oh, yeah. And so the more I'd put in it, the bigger the hole. And that's the way these rich folks, I, I, I'm sure they're sensing that's they're there because they're listening to him because they, there is a hunger. Mm-hmm. And, and they, some of them may have gone away from that talk and gone and bought more stuff. And they went down to, uh, you know, some big department store and got a whole new set of clothes. And, or they went down to the electronic store and got a nice big, a bigger TV because they know that's what will satisfy. But I'll bet you some people listening were a little converted and maybe even convicted and, and realize all this stuff is not going to replace Jesus. And Jesus is the only thing that will fill that hole. That's what I found. Right, that's what I discovered for myself. That this hole that kept growing and growing. Have you ever seen those horror movies? You know where they have that shot down the hallway. You're trying to get to the end of the hall, and they have this lens trick when they they roll the lens in a certain way, the zoom at the same time as they're pushing in, they're changing the uh, the, the 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 zoom or whatever. And and what happens is it looks like that no matter how far you run, mm-hmm. the door keeps staying away from you. Yeah. Right, And it was the same way with that hole in my heart. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. You're exactly right that there's, I sense that there's a hole in everyone's heart there. And the sooner you realize that can only be filled by me, the sooner you realize that you're blessed. Right. The sooner that you realize that you really are going to have this great reward in heaven because now you know what will truly fill that hole. And I think ultimately a phrase that comes to mind that's been very important to me in my life is, is spiritual physics. You know, we can read this page uh, in the Bible and say, gosh, that makes God look like a like a kind of a bad guy. You know, it looks like he's cursing people. It looks like he's sitting on a cloud and he's looking down and he, he's saying curse this person and curse that person because right. they didn't do things my way. And that's not what it is. Ultimately, God created us and in the same way he created the universe in accordance with the laws of physics. 
there's also a spiritual physics at work within us and just within the, 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 the story of salvation unfolding where God created us to, to where we aren't going to be able to find our satisfaction in the things of the world. Like the only way we can find it is in him, but he's going to permit us to learn that the hard way. He's yeah. going to permit us to go and make mistakes and try to fill that hole until we finally realize the emptiness of it. And, you know, we have some people in the world who really give in to that emptiness in a big way. And what they find is nothing but despair. But what God is trying to do is prevent us from stepping into that place of despair. And really what we're doing when we're putting our trust in the things in the world, that's an act of despair. That's an act of false hope. We're putting our, our hope in stuff that doesn't matter and, and things that thieves can destroy and, 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 and moths can consume, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, we God is calling us to true hope. He's calling us to anchor our lives and our beliefs in something that is undying and something that is eternal and something that is what we were really created for in the first place. Yeah. So when he, when, 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 when Jeremiah uh, tells us, you know, thus says the Lord, it, it doesn't say God will curse you if you yeah. trust in human beings. Right. I mean, it's cursed is the one who trusts in human beings. And the whole point there is exactly what you're saying. This is not the divine will of God that you be cursed. Right. It, this it it is uh, the permissive will, or it's it's the it's the will of God that the world works a certain way, yeah, and, and and that you get to reap the consequences. You reap what you sow, and it's like don't sow that stuff. And the sooner you learn that, you know, some people it takes a little while. I mean, we, guys, we can look at the uh, the tabloids. Not that I'm recommending anyone look at tabloids, but you can see the lives of the royal family, the lives of celebrity, the lives of the rich and famous. How how often do we hear about their divorces? How often do we hear about depression, about suicidal attempts and all these various things, drug yeah. addiction, uh, you know, lives of misery. And these are supposed to be the people that have everything. Right. Yeah. And what God's trying to tell us is if you have me, you have everything. I am your provision. Although I'd like to think that if I won a hundred million dollars in the lottery, I'd be the first guy to be able to like live happily ever after. <laughs> I'd like to think that. No, no, I, no, I, I 100% agree with that. And, and the reality is, uh, in my own life, when I finally realized that that stuff did nothing, and I got rid of that stuff out of my life, uh, I didn't divorce myself from all material things. But when I stopped thinking that those material things were going to sustain me in any uh, uh, supernatural way, right? Um, as soon as I did that, when I was essentially empty of the world, mm-hmm. that was the only way that I could be filled with God. Well, and it's not that like the stuff of the world is bad. God declared creation good, right? But when we get when our desires for those things get skewed, our yeah. desires get bad because our That's right. our we're, our perspective is thrown out of whack as to what really matters. And, Amen. Yeah. And he God does bless us, and 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 we are supposed to receive the joys that He gives us in communion with Him and thanksgiving for what for what He's blessed us with. But we're also supposed to receive them with open hands and understand. You know what? Maybe I'm not the end point of this love. Maybe God's giving this to me. Because he does desire me to share at least some of it, or maybe all of it, with somebody else, you know, and and or maybe he desires me to receive it, yes, 
but it's not going to keep coming to me and I need to receive it, that moment of blessing and union with the Lord and then let go of the fact that, you know what? I may never have a cruise again. You know? Yeah, so like, or whatever. you saying that just, it's, uh, it, it stimulated another, another thought in, in my mind and, and when, when there was a time in my life when I realized that God's love did not find its end point in me. In right. other words, I was not supposed to be like where God's love comes and rests. Yes. Right? It stays here and that's it. Like I was a, a container for God's love. And it's more, I think, more appropriate to see ourselves as uh, uh, to receive God's love, but essentially we're like conduits yes. of God's love. So more like a pipe, right? Yeah. The love comes in, but it keeps going. Yeah. Right, and the whole idea is that like God's love shoots out of our fingertips, out of every hair in our head, right, out of our <laughs> eyes, out of our mouths, and and this is what we need to realize that uh, if you if you truly believe that God's love is infinite, because God is infinite, then that love shouldn't be trapped, and and so then because we can start to try and possess that as well. Oh, sure. Right? We can we can even be materialistic about those kinds of that kind of holiness, and so again. We have to empty ourselves of ourselves. We have to empty ourselves of our world. Uh, and when, we are, when we're full of ourselves, when we're full of the world, we can't be filled with God. And the beautiful thing is, when we, when we fill ourselves with God, it keeps right on moving. And it doesn't stop. It's not like you only get so much love. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, people ask me, like, you're a father of nine. Which one do you love more? It's like, I love them all the same. It's, well, that's physically impossible. Right, because you, you divide. If you have nine kids, you have they have one ninth of your love. It's like that's if you view love as something finite. Right. Love is infinite, so love continues to pour through you and transforms you, but it continues to pour out of you, and then this is an ongoing process. And it's like, hey, that's a that's a kind of pipeline that I want running through our country. That's the kind of pipeline right. that will bring uh, great warmth and love and fuel to this world if we have God's love in that way. Well, and also to recognize, like, for example, so I have a lot of friends uh, who have gone through a long period of time of aridity in prayer. And yeah. I've had some periods of aridity, but if I'm going to be honest, since I gave my life to Christ since 20, uh, 2011, uh, was when that happened, October 2011, or November 1st, 2011, I guess, really. Um, I've had, by and large, mostly seasons of consolation in that time. And, you know, someone, you know, if, if I'm going to be honest with myself as to why that's the case, it's because I'm, it's not because I'm special and God just wants to dote on me and say, oh, look how special Sam is. I just want him to just feel the warm, yeah. fuzzy love. It's because I'm weak. He's giving me the consolations that he gives me because he knows that I'm weak. And eventually, at some point in my life, I might also have a long period of aridity in prayer. I might have a variety of sufferings that God calls me into, but he's going to be using this time period to prepare me for those sufferings, for those aridities. And so, you know what? I love the consolations that I receive. I love the sort of the, 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 the feelings and the experiences that I get in adoration. But the question isn't whether I'm always going to get that. The question is, am I going to keep showing up when I stop receiving it? It's because you've given yourself over. You have submitted yourself to God's divine will, right? You're living, you're attempting to live in God's divine will. And that's, and that's powerful because when you give up your own desires, your own thoughts, your own designs, yeah. and you give yourself over to God's divine will, whatever that is for any individual person, and you're saying, I'm submitting myself to you, Lord, to your will— 
then you 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 are now going to be in the midst of joy, and that's why I, it's the same thing that you're saying. But I'm saying it maybe a theologically a little different way. But uh, I mean, but the, probably the best way to say it is you, like 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 Al Stewart. You, uh, you, I'm sorry, Cat Stevens. Uh, you, you you have uh, climbed aboard the peace train. That's <laughs> that's what it's climb on the peace train. No, I, I I just I think when you live in that way. You're going to find joy. I mean, it doesn't mean you will be absent any uh, problem in your life. It just means that everything you start to see it in its true meaning, its true import in your life, and realize that that's not a problem. That may be a little bit of a desolation, but that's not going to that's not going to destroy my love for Jesus. It's not going to take my joy, and that's why Jesus can say all these things about blessed are they and blessed are they and blessed are they, even though you're hungry, even though you mourn, even though um, you know you aren't rich. You're, right. you're blessed because you realize uh, your power, your authority, your your um, it all it comes from God, and you and that joy uh, then that just changes your life, and you live in a different way. You know, well, if you know, I think one thing to consider is you know God is a God of blessing. He's not a God of cursing. He is yeah. a God who desires to bless us. Yeah, and you know ultimately when He permits bad stuff to happen to us. It's because there's a greater good, a greater blessing that he has in mind to give us. And sometimes we can get confused and sometimes we can get out of whack when things don't go our way. Yeah. But ultimately, it doesn't change the fact that his desire is to bless each and every one of us, no matter how we receive the given moment, whether we see it as a blessing or a curse. And every one of these things, all the stuff we're talking about, the bl- I, I know it's still not easy. I know it's not to go like, well, hey, I'm poor. So blessed am I, and everybody all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I heard uh, you know I heard Deacon Jeff and Sam talking on the radio, and they said I should be happy about my miserable existence. I'm not saying that. I, it, there's still going to be challenges, and there's still going to be a a constant sort of giving yourself over to the will of God, of submitting yourself to the Lord, to to be uh, putting yourself to lay yourself down at the foot of the Christ uh, cross, to to put your arms in. Uh, our blessed mother's arms on, to lay on her lap and ask for consolation. That's going to happen. That's necessary as, as part of all this. Um, but all of this is only possible. And there was a word you used earlier and uh, essentially uh, that we see in uh, in the scriptures here. And then that word is trust. Mm. Right. And, and the thing is, at the end of the day, we got to trust in God. And when we trust in God, then it's possible. It will change your worldview. It'll change your perspective. It will help you to see uh, that God loves you and that he wants blessings in your life. We just got to get out of the way. Mm. Amen, right? So let's let's trust in the Lord and let's ask the Blessed Mother to help us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our, of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.